0: Welcome, Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast, in the air, and it's intercepted. a weekly podcast about all things football, the first throw. and only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning back into the Pigskin Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Walker, just like every single week. Week two is complete, but let's start out by let's start by acknowledging how crazy week two was. I could not believe the amount of injuries that happened this past weekend of football. It seemed like every single player was dropping like flies, and at the same time, there were some really crucial and key players to teams. Honestly, you never want to see anyone get hurt. I get that, but some teams lost some huge contributors to their squads. And I would be willing to bet that some of those teams would end up taking a loss just so they could have some of those players for the remaining of the season. Now, I mentioned last week when talking about the the New York Giants that Daniel Jones would have to step up and couldn't solely rely on Saquon Barkley to take over games. Now, I wasn't meaning for that to be because Barkley ended up tearing his ACL. But even with the unfortunate situation, the phrase still remains true. He has to play better at quarterback, and we'll get into everything, but week three of football starts tonight with the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars, a battle of the best facial hair, and a battle of which team can play the worst defense. Now in this episode, you guys wanted the power rankings, and I'm here to bring it to you. Now we'll preface, this is solely my opinion on which teams are best. Meaning, someone, one of you guys are going to be offended by the rankings that I give you. And you're going to disagree with me. And that's okay. Let me know where you disagree. If a team should be higher, let me know through social media. If it should be lower, call me out. But how I'm going to be ranking these teams is solely based on who can beat who on any given Sunday. Doesn't matter what the lineup is, doesn't matter where they are, doesn't matter what time of day, national televised or not. This team could be any team on any Sunday or Monday or Thursday. Now, you are going to see some teams that have worse records than others, but let me start out by saying this. I don't buy into the records like some others do, and here's an example. The Chicago Bears are in no way any shape or form better than the Houston Texans. You guys know that I've hyped up the Bears so far this season, with their defense, there's a lot of players on that team that I really love watching and, and enjoy. Eddie Jackson is one of my favorites, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be unbiased here. The Houston Texans are 0 2, and they're not worse than the 2 and 0 Bears. The Texans have played two teams that could very well make the Super Bowl: the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bears won a game against the Lions when Swift. Clearly dropped a wide-open touchdown in the end zone that could have put the Lions on top. And they also beat a Giants team who didn't even have Saquon Barkley. He only had four carries that game. I say this because you have to understand, it's not entirely about wins and losses. Does Do those matter? Absolutely. freaking But this is power rankings. It's all fun and games. But we're going to break down the rankings. We're going to wrap it up with Hogs of the Week nominees and give our game predictions. Now, we're not going to go in-depth with matchups like the previous two weeks because we want these power rankings to be the premise of today's episode. Now, starting in dead last, has to be someone. We're going to go with the 0-2 Jets. I don't think this team is to anyone's surprise. Now, they have had a difficult first two games with the Bills and the 49ers, but they haven't given me or anyone any indication that they could win a game no matter their opponent. When putting this list together, I was thinking, why are the Jets continuing to be so bad at football. How can you take a quarterback like Sam Darnold, who performed really well at USC, you draft him really high, and then you turn him basically into Mark Sanchez, who you guys used to have, part of your organization. And the conclusion that I came up with was ownership. Woody Johnson is the primary reason, outside of Adam Gase, you guys know I'm not a fan of him, he cares about money and marketing his team well. Let's look at all the owners in the league who have winning franchises. Patriots, Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, Packers. What do they all have in common? A healthy ownership. Now, I get that the Packers are publicly owned by the fans, but the theory is still the same in that all these teams have owners that have hired people to execute their vision well. They allow the freedom... And don't just choke team operations, staff, to be able to do their job. Look at Jerry Jones. There's a reason he's an owner and a GM to his own team. He doesn't allow the freedom of coaches or staff to execute a plan effectively. He abuses his power. Another great example of this. Let's, let's look at the Tennessee Times for a moment. Bud Adams was a long owner of the Titans organization, which once was the Houston Oilers. And he somewhat suffocated the team. He would not allow Jeff Fisher to be fired, and he didn't allow the team to progress. When he passed away, Amy Adams Strunk took over, and look at what she has done. She's brought in John Robinson and allowed him to put an imprint on the team. She's allowed him to take over control and do what he does best. And they went from being an embarrassment to winning four consecutive 9-7 seasons. And a lot of people give hate for that. They call the times the 9-7 team. Well, guess what? That's a winning record. How many teams can say that, that they've won four consecutive winning seasons? You know who can't? Ravens can't. They went 8-8 in 2016. Technically, it's not winning. Technically, it's not losing. The Saints can't say that either, nor can the Packers. My point is... The Titans ownership has changed and allowed freedom for the staff to do their job and it's paid off. I didn't mean for that to be a rant, but you know, ownership trend is, is it's not by accident. I I can promise you that. But coming in next, we have to go with the Owen two Bengals. Uh, You know, Joe Burrow, he looked really good against the Browns, but Cincinnati, they need to open up a deli with the amount of Swiss cheese that their offensive line produces. I mean, My goodness, Joe had absolutely no time to throw the ball against the Browns. But I do like their promising ability that they do have going forward. I would have to go with the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings defense has given up the second most points in the league. And they just lost Anthony Barr due to a torn pec. So he's done for the year, which is no way going to help their case to improve. And Cousins, is, 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 honestly, is not making any good choices. Four interceptions to so just two touchdowns. The Eagles have scored the fifth least amount of points. They broke down against Washington. They never had a chance against the Rams. They played better last season with half of their team injured. I don't like at all how they're playing, which is why they're here at 29. Now, the worst scoring team in the league goes to the New York Giants. And the reason why they're ranked above the Eagles is because I like their defense better than I like Phillies. And their opponents have been tougher. But losing Saquon Barkley for the rest of the year isn't going to improve this team. I hope it does, though. And I hope that maybe signing Devontae Freeman can change some stuff within their offense. Not much to talk about with the Broncos, even though that Drew Locke's going to be hurt. He's, he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks. They've had two tough games, though, against the Steelers and against the Titans. But their scoring isn't there yet, and they're the third fewest points. Now, I will say this. Jeff Driscoll, he scored 21 points when he came in. If he can play like he did coming in against against the Steelers, I could see them turning their season around. Now, if the Lions didn't choke the game against the Bears, they would obviously be higher in this rankings. But this isn't a game of what-ifs, and they have the third-worst scoring defense. So they're sitting at 26. I think we forget about the ability of the Dolphins offense and the capability that they can on the defense. You put up 28 points against a Bills defense, that's, just, that's pretty good. And then you hold the Patriots to just 21 points. They've had some challenging matchups their first two games. But if they can beat the Jaguars tonight, I see, I see them improving this season going forward. But... They have a tough division this year. With the Panthers, their defensive struggles continue to show. And I don't see them getting much better as the season progresses. Losing Christian McCaffrey has definitely exposed their ability on offense. I hope that he can come back. It looks like he's going to miss a couple of weeks. I like Teddy Bridgewater and what he has done. He definitely improved when they played the Buccaneers last week. You can see him getting more and more comfortable with Matt Rule's offense. And if they can just do something on defense, just something, they can actually have some competition with the wild card spot. Now, here we are sitting at 23. And you might be thinking, why is there a 2 0 team at the 23rd spot? Well, it's the Bears. They have the fourth best scoring defense, which is pretty good, but they have played the Lions and the Giants. And their offense is tied for 11th worst in the league. Now with the Colts, they played a really good game against the Vikings. But they had a terrible loss against the Jaguars. The defense has played really well, though, and I really like Jonathan Taylor. Now with Washington, their defense is their obvious bright spot. Chase Young is playing out of his mind. I think he already has two and a half sacks this year. Their defense as a whole has the most sacks in the league at 11. But playing against Kyler Murray showed... That they still have error while tackling. A couple of linebackers and and cornerbacks just got absolutely smoked by Murray. Honestly, I I would see maybe most teams doing that because his playmaking ability is insane. But Washington, they looked really good against the Eagles and they looked really poor against the Cardinals. Next, we have the one and one Browns. What they showed against the Bengals offensively, it tells me that they can still ball out. The Jaguars, they have an overhyped Minshew mania. He had two picks against the Titans. So let's let's kind of reel it back down, come back to earth. I think he's going to continue to play well. Defense is still bottom third in the league. They must play better as their schedule gets harder. But I love seeing James Robinson, who, who had a really good game against the Titans. He's an undrafted free agent. He had 102 yards on 16 carries. And Tennessee has a dangerous front seven. So that shows that the Jags can have an effective running game against good front seven teams. Now these next two teams are probably going to turn some heads due to the fact that they haven't won a game yet and are ranked higher than five teams who have won. The Texans get grace here for having to play the hardest two teams in the league back-to-back. They do have a negative 31 point differential. That's a lot. I get it. But I see it changing though. You have to have you you got your two toughest games out of the way and Deshaun is going to get back to battling easier quarterbacks. It's hard to go up against Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, especially back-to-back weeks, your first two games of the season. But the good thing is those were the first two games and not the last two. You're able to get that out of the way. You still have 14 games left. I see the Texans progressing. Now we have our highest winless team at the 17 spot. That's to go with the, the Atlanta Falcons. They have the fifth highest scoring with the absolute worst defense. Their offense is lethal. I have to respect Matt Ryan for playing out of his mind. Now the comeback win for the Cowboys speaks to the the Falcons lack of coaching and inability to stop Dak on defense. Plus, their special teams is atrocious. That was by far one of the worst onside kicks I've ever seen. No offense to Panther fans here, but it was kind of like Cam Newton when they were in the Super Bowl against the Broncos when he fumbled the ball, and he was like, I ain't going to touch it, hot potato. I don't know what the Falcons are doing there. And the thing is, if they get that onside kick, the game is over, and then we're saying, okay, the Falcons are one and one They're still one of the best teams in the league. Just because there's a lack of judgment or error on a special team's kick does not mean that their team can't win games. Now, Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the, the LA Chargers, cost the Chargers a 2-0 and record to upset the Chiefs. The first half, the Chargers outplayed them. But also, punting the ball back to Pat Mahomes in overtime was, I, I think, it was the craziest decision ever. The Chargers could not stop Pat Mahomes in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. And you have to go for it. If you notice a trend with the Chiefs, when they are losing in the first half and they come back in the second half to play, there's like this switch that goes off. And they play an entirely different team. 49ers is sitting at 15 right here. And and I will say this. I kind of touched upon it in the beginning, talking about injuries. The 49ers may have won their game against the Jets, but they lost their season. Losing Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas for the year is the biggest blow to any team. They are also without Dabo for an extended period of time. George Kittle. We don't know when he's coming back. Jimmy G's hurt as well. Most hurt is hurt for some time. Now sitting at 14 have to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've played the same opponents as the Raiders. They both, the, the Bucks split the matchups and the Bucs are almost even when it comes to point differential. They're just a plus three. All right, number 13, lucky 13. Have to go with the Dallas Cowboys here. Now let's let's pump the brakes. The Cowboys had a huge win against the Falcons. I was impressed with Mike McCarthy's second half play calling. Dak played really well. He's on a he's on a contract year too, so I'm not honestly I'm not surprised. But he hung in there with Matty Ice. The defense continues to be an area of concern, but I liked the ability of Dak Prescott and what he showed in that game which is something that people have questioned over the entirety of his career is does he have the ability to win close games? Now with the saints, how does a team look so good their first game and look so poor in their second game? They're 12th here because I don't like the inconsistency of their play right now. And they're also giving up 28 and a half points per game. Now just outside the top 10, I have to go with the Las Vegas Raiders They went to Carolina, beat the Panthers, they beat the Saints at home, which was an impressive win for them, and they played really well in all areas of the game. But starting our top 10, the other L.A. team have to go with the Rams. Week two against the Eagles, they went back to an old form. This is what we talked about last week, right, with the Rams. Our team's starting to catch on to them. Jim Schwartz, the Eagles' defensive coordinator, said that they tried to adjust halfway through the game, but by then it was already too late. But he wasn't lying, though. In the second half alone, the Rams scored 16 points and the Eagles only scored three. If the Rams can continue to do things to keep teams guessing, their offense can continue to be effective like it was two years ago when it was at the top of its peak. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in at the ninth spot. And I want everyone to listen here just for a moment. The Steelers are not a top five team. I want everybody to say it with me. They are not a top five team. NFL and ESPN, for some reason, continues to have them in the top five. I'm sorry, but but what? You have played bum teams like the Giants and the Broncos. You have won by a combined 15 points. I'm sick of people overhyping them. I get it. It's the Steelers brand, and they always want to be a top team no matter what happens. But, welp, they're not. They're number nine. Number eight, New England Patriots. What? They're, they're, They're not better than the Steelers. Yes, they are. The Pats almost beat a Seahawks team on the road. I get that no fans were there, but it's hard to travel that far across the country and to ball out like they did. They almost won that game. If I think a, a little different play calling. I don't agree with that play calling. Now, if they scored, everybody would be like, oh, that was a great play call. I don't like it because they, through that drive, they tried it multiple times and it wasn't working. Cam Newton on that last drive was torturing them through the air. Why not spread out the, the, the offense and allow Cam Newton to do an RPO or something, or he can just take it in the pistol formation or shotgun, rush it in if there's an opening, but spread out the offense anyways. But they almost beat a Russell Wilson who was balling out against the Patriots defense. He was exposing Stephon Gilmore. I mean, D.K. Metcalf was having a game. But I like the Pats being here. Despite their loss, I think they're still a really good team. Kyler Murray, we mentioned a little earlier when they played Washington this past week. And let me say again, he's something special and their defense right now is playing second best in the league. Murray is dangerous, and I like that the direction that Cliff Kingsbury has taken them. At the sixth spot, have to go with the Tennessee Titans. The biggest concern for me for this team is their secondary. Their front seven has won back-to-back games, and Ryan Tannehill is continuing to prove that he deserved that big contract in the offseason. And by the way, Derrick Henry is second in the league in rushing. So I think we tend to ignore, because Derrick Henry hasn't scored any touchdowns yet, that, oh, he's having a down year. He's on pace to get over 1,600 yards this season. Everybody relax. But coming in with our top five, starting off is the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is leading the league in passing right now. I understand it's just week two. Don't want to overreact. But our MVP... But our MVP pick is torching teams right now. Just imagine how good they're going to be when their defense plays much better than what, in, in what they're capable of doing. Now, these next four teams, honestly, eh, I wouldn't say the next four. I think the next three teams, you can maybe interchangeable. But coming at the fourth spot, the Seahawks beat a high-scoring Falcons team. They beat a Bill Belichick-led team. And Russell Wilson continues to pr- improve his 82.5 completion percentage with his nine touchdowns to just one interception. And that one interception he had last week with Greg Olson literally hitting him straight in the hands, and it was a pick six, that one interception is not on him whatsoever. And I don't want to play Russell Wilson. His Twitter is Dangerous Russ for a reason, because he's dangerous. But my three spot here. How to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, you could flip-flop back and forth with maybe the Packers. But the Chiefs almost losing to the Chargers put them in this position here. Now, this, this isn't to say the Chiefs aren't any good. I'm not saying that. But they showed more weaknesses in their first two matchups than the Packers and the Ravens did. That's why they're here at the three spot. But speaking of the Packers, the Packers have the second highest point differential in the league behind the Ravens at a plus 30. They're fourth in turnover differential, too. And we're not even talking about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers' offense is so balanced with running and throwing the ball. Aaron Jones had a crazy good game last week. And they have a top 10 defense as well. You have an effective defense with... An effective Aaron Rodgers, Packers are looking good. Now, one team is probably not a surprise to most people. The Ravens are third in points per game. They're first in points per game given up, and they have the highest point differential in the league. A top offense and the top defense. Where is the argument? They are still playing the best all-around football in the league, they embarrass the Browns and the Texans, who are no slouch teams either. But it's going to be interesting with this week's matchup against the Chiefs. Now those are our power rankings. Let's get into our Hogs in the Week and then get into our 16 matchups. We're going to go with Jeff Driscoll, the QB for the Broncos. As of now, Drew Locke is going to be out two to six weeks, and I'm looking for Jeff to show out against the Bucks, whose defense hasn't played well in their first two games. Second one, Miles Gaskin, running back for the Dolphins. He, they're playing the Jags tonight, and the Jags played really well against Derrick Henry last week, but I don't think that they're going to be able to stop the running game back-to-back weeks. And the final one being Kristen Fulton, cornerback for the Titans. The Vikings are going to look to move the ball downfield quickly, and they're going to want to try to expose the rookie. I look forward to having these three have really good games, keep an eye out for them as they go against their matchups. But speaking of matchups, we're going to go rapid fire with these uh, with these games real quick and give you our winners. For the first game, like I said tonight, Dolphins at Jaguars. Jags are going to win by six. Next game, Titans at Vikings. We got, we got the Titans winning by 10. Bears going to the Falcons. Falcons are going to win by 14. That game is going to expose the Bears. I promise you that. Rams get the opportunity to go up to Buffalo. Bills are going to win by three there. Washington at Browns. Browns are going to win by six. The Raiders have to travel all the way across country to Foxborough and play a Patriots that just lost a heartbreaking game to the Seahawks. Pats are going to win by one. Now this is my upset pick of the week. 49ers at Giants. Giants are going to win by three. Here's why. The 49ers have a ton of players out of this game. They're not even playing. Some are done for this season. But I think it's going to be a mental game for the 49ers. They're playing on the same exact field because the Jets and the Giants play. the Sheriff a stadium. I think it's going to be mental roadblock for them, knowing that a lot of their teammates just got hurt and, and ended their season And I don't think players are going to play like they normally would just from a mental standpoint. I like the Giants in this one. Cincinnati gets to go to Philadelphia. The Bengals are going to win by three. They're going to get their first win of the year. Texans, man, they have another tough game. They have to go to Pittsburgh, but I like the Texans to win here by five. I think that they're kind of tired of losing, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a good game. Jets get to go to Indy. Colts are going to win by six. Panthers are going to go play at Los Angeles with the Chargers. Now, I originally had the Panthers in this game. The reason why I had the Panthers in this matchup is because Tyrod Taylor was scheduled to play. Anthony Lynn said he's our starter no matter what. That was until they realized that a medical doctor punctured one of his lungs, and he's going to be out indefinitely. So, with that being said, Justin Herbert is starting, and I have to go with Justin Herbert. The way he played against the Chiefs, I, I think he's going to have a good game against Carolina. So, I have the Chargers winning by three. Tom Brady gets to go to Denver. I think their Bucks are going to win by nine. Lions are going to go to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Cardinals are going to win by ten. Cowboys get to go up to a tough Seattle Seahawks team, and I think the Seahawks are going to win by six. Sunday Night Football is going to be Green Bay Packers going to New Orleans. I think the Packers are going to win by four. And then the number one game throughout this week, Chiefs at Ravens. As I said, when we were talking about schedules before the season started, I said the Chiefs are going to lose this game simply because it's in Baltimore. These two teams are so good. It didn't matter. Whoever was away was going to lose. So I have the Ravens winning by three. But that's it. That's our week three predictions. Last week we were twelve and four. Bringing our predictions for the year to twenty two and ten for the season. Anyways, follow us on social media at Podcast Pigskin. Hope everyone has an enjoyable weekend of football. We appreciate the support. See you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PodcastPigSkin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.